0: Welcome to this week in MTG with your host Matt Olson. Hello and welcome, Magic folk, to episode number forty-five of this week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic: The Gathering. We are your hosts. I am Matt Olson. Over there, we got Danny Oakstead. What's up? And over there we have the Janky Boggle, JB. Hey there. We got a very informative episode for y'all today. The biggest topic that we're probably going to talk about the most, the BNR happened today. We didn't talk about it last week because they gave the announcement on Tuesday after we recorded the podcast, but we got BNR to talk about. So let's give you that breakdown of what's going to happen in this episode. Going to talk about Starting off talking about the last weekend events, and then talk about the upcoming events. Then we'll dive into the BNR, which a lot of stuff happened in the BNR. Then move to the news quickies, where we have a good amount of stuff to inform you about. Then move to the finance section, close off with deck of the week, then we get the hell out of here. (laughs) So let's go over to the Boggle desk and talk about some event results.
1: The hell do you think this is, Sports Center?
0: <sighs> hey, man, I'm pushing it right now. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't cards? Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, we are technically a sport, I guess.
0: Esports, man, and ESPN has been showing some esports.
1: Ooh. Maybe we can get on ESPN, huh?
0: No. <laughs> marble, marble racing. <laughs> Might make us get on ESPN. Have you heard about that? Marble racing? That shit's now a thing now because of COVID. People are like, let's bet on marbles as they go down a hill.
1: Oh, my God. Wow. That's like cheese racing.
0: Like with the cheese wheel? Yeah. Like where they fucking roll that shit down the hill over in Amsterdam or Holland? No, Holland's not a yeah. country. Is Holland a country? No, Holland's a fucking... Part in uh, Denmark, right? God, my geography is so fucked up. Let's keep moving on before we divert any further.
1: (laughs) Okay, first up, we have uh, SCG Tour Online Championship Qualifier number three. First place, we have uh, Four Color Reclamation. Not just Teamer anymore. I like it.
0: It's only piloted
1: by Tangrams.
0: It's only Four Color because they got. To ferry in the main board, still, teamer.
1: Well, okay, then they've lost all respect for me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nobody likes to ferry. So second place we have teamer reclamation. Third place teamer reclamation. Fourth place Sulti ramp. Fifth place Bant ramp. Sixth place Rakdos sacrifice. Seventh place teamer reclamation. In
0: eighth place, we have Bant Ramp. So much.
1: Hmm, I wonder blue. what all these decks have in common.
0: Seven green blue decks in the top eight of this SEG qualifier. Oof, that man. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the uh, the PNR update and the, the mention that they had about standard stuff there when we get to that. But ooh, green blue, very prominent here. Good to go to uh rack Sacrifice, piloted by Florian Klein, <laughs> who made it in the top eight with a non green blue base deck.
1: Alright, yeah, so next up we have our we had a Red Bull untapped international qualifier. First place was Salt Eye Ramp, piloted by Danilla Cherson. Second place was Bant Ramp. Third place was Team of Rec. Fourth place was Team of Rec. Fifth place was Four Color Reclamation. Same Sixth thing. place was Mono Green Aggro. Seventh place was Team of Reclamation. And eighth place was Team of Reclamation. Oh, man. Standard, you silly, silly format, you.
0: Simic. Oh, what the. Clearly, clearly the color of choice of all magic players both these top eights only had one deck that was not green blue based (laughs) but the the red bull untapped still had a green deck so all top eight decks had green in them
1: and this is why I don't play standard
0: (laughs) because everyone plays the same deck kind of like pioneer huh Oh man, we'll get into that for sure.
1: <laughs> so that'll do it for our past events. Our upcoming events: we have a CFB Pro Showdown, and that'll be on July 18th.
0: LSV is the end boss for for that. So if you make it all the way to the end, the Channel Firebar channel fireball pro member that you'll be playing against is lsv you win you double your prize money you don't you still get your prize money but you don't beat lsv hey
1: matt yeah your your link is bullshit which one for the cfb pro is it to get access to this and the rest of channel fireball pro content check out our subscription plans my bad. It's a blank fucking page.
0: It's not blank for me. You and
1: your goddamn CFB Pro bullshit.
0: Yeah, fucking whale. <laughs> I thought... Damn. Honestly, I thought that this information damn. was going to be for everybody. So I'm like, oh, this, this seems about right. Let's just copy-paste the, the, the link here. <sighs> Killing me. God damn it. So all you that are Pro members for CFB, you're able to read the webpage when we post the description down below. But Yeah,
1: unlike me. <laughs> or me. Ah, Matt, Matt, Matt. What are we going to do with you?
0: I have no idea.
1: <sighs> okay, so next up we have uh, another Red Bull Untapped qualifier. This one's for the United Kingdom. Going down on the 26th of July. Looks like a $5,000 prize pool. Ooh, good stuff.
0: Go and it seems and
1: register. limited to 216 people too, so don't miss out.
0: Yeah, go uh, go register on melee.gg. Descriptions, link below.
1: Yep, yep, yep. SCG is still running all their online events, so go check those out. Play a few, have fun. Why not? So now for the moment you've all been waiting for.
0: We got to get that uh, 20th Century Fox sound clip in here. Is that copyright? Oh, dude,
1: don't worry about it. We've treaded on so many copyrights, we're probably going to get sued already.
0: Damn it, no.
2: (laughs) We're not making any money off this. I don't see us being sued for money. It's very true. It's like,
0: can't sue us. We're not doing it for our monetary value. Yeah, fun fact for all you out there. We ain't making money off this shit. We're just doing it for fun.
1: Yeah, we ain't making shit. We all broke.
0: (laughs) We're magic players. What do you expect? (laughs) Says the guy who got a fucking Mox Dime. Yeah, Mox Diamond?
1: Yes. Yeah, and leave you got me a me
0: fucking Mox Diamond. Leave
1: me alone. <laughs> hey, he had to sell five pairs of underwear at his
0: left shoe for that. <laughs> Don't forget my kidney too. Jesus, your kidney? Jeez, you must have a bad kidney for a five year I was gonna Mox say, Diamond. yeah, if you
1: sold your kidney for four hundred bucks, man, you went to the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. I was
0: desperate. You gotta you got Power Nine for your kidney alone. The whole Power Nine. I don't think it'd be I, a whole Power Nine for my kidney.
2: It'd be close, but anyway, moving on to the banned and restricted announcement as of the thirteenth. In historic, agent agent of treachery, Winona, join our forces. And Fires of Invention have been moved from suspended and are now banned. Along with those, Nexus of Fate is banned and Burning Tree Emistry has been suspended for time being. Moving along to JV's favorite format, Pioneer. Oath of Nyssa is now unbanned. In modern, Arkham's Astrolabe is banned starting now, I guess. And uh, moving to Popper Exploration Map and Mystic Sanctuary are now banned. Um, tabletop effective is the 13th of July. Online Magic Online same date 13th, and MTG Arena is affected. Are effective July 16th. And as Matt was saying with standard their notes on that per Ian Duke it states after careful review of the metagame we're choosing not to make any changes to standard at this time players tour online three and four saw the overall win rates and day two conversion rates of the most played decks ban ramp and tumor reclamation come down to healthier levels In the weeks following, we've seen other archetypes rise in popularity and win rate, including Mono Green Aggro, Racto Sacrifice, Mono Black Aggro, Red White Pawblade, Simic Flash, and others. Core Set 2021 has brought a variety of new tools, and generally we're seeing steady motion in the metagame leading up to players' tour finals. While we are concerned... wow. While we agree with concerns that growth, spiral, ramp decks, in aggregate have recently represented a larger than ideal portion of the metagame, we do see different archetypes within that larger category behaving differently in terms of strengths, weaknesses, and roles in the metagame. With signs of the metagame shifting away from ramp in recent weeks, the r- release of Core Set 2021 and Standard Rotation coming in the fall, We've decided to allow the metagame to continue its natural evolution. End quote.
0: So to be fair from our comments earlier about the SEG event and the Red Bull Untapped event, maybe the top 32 and top 64, very diverse. But the top eight, not very diverse. Not really no
1: every no it's not
0: every format definitely has its top three decks and stuff and standard has its top three decks of ramp based blue green yeah I don't know maybe
2: it's just a problem with this one card arrow yeah
0: arrow Well, any standard updates we're probably going to hear about within the next month or two. Hopefully.
1: No, they're not going to do anything standard.
0: Yeah, it really. F- well, I mean. <laughs> They'll
1: let it suffer. They let, They'll let uh, let that pig bleed all over the place.
0: They let, uh, during Ixalon standard, they banned Rampaging Ferocidon before, or like, about this time when it was just going to be rotating out. If I remember correctly. So, maybe we do hear something about Gross Spiral getting banned. With before rotation? Yeah, before rotation. I really, really, really doubt it. I mean, I'm not going to hold my breath. Don't get me wrong. So, a couple things we're going to probably glaze over here before we get into the real bulk of this BNR. Uh, we'll talk about popper and historic real quick so with historic all the things that were put on suspension about a month ago Yeah, effectively was a ban already like those things were never going to get taken off suspension in my opinion well the,
2: the, I think that was just seeing if course that 2021 had any kind of answers to them which clearly there weren't any
0: yeah, it's one of those things where they ha- having a suspension list, they're trying to make the historic format on Arena, uh, this is my opinion here, that they're trying to make it feel very Hearthstone-esque to have that ability to change the meta and stuff, like kind of move cards around in a more flowing manner, like what Hearthstone could do. But all in all, it's just one of those things it's like just, just ban the card. Because everything that's been put on suspension from Historic gets banned. Yep. Yeah. So with Burning Tree Emissary being put on suspension, it's like I don't know. This will probably be the one that'll get unbanned or unsuspended just because I feel like they're just testing waters to see how this works. And I haven't played too much historic to know how much the gruel or green stompy based decks are effective but I feel Burning Tree Emissary is just like one of those things like let's try it out just to make sure these green stompy decks don't keep ramping up and or keep doing good I
2: understand it's a free spell so when you're Playing green usually some sort of devotion usually. So, hey, I'm gonna play this Burning Tree emissary. It's not a legendary, so with two men open, I can play all four of them. If you get lucky enough to have, if it, I like have in my hand, I'm just saying, if I had in my hand, oh hey, I can play all four of these turn two, and then there was something on top of that that gives creatures plus one plus one or something.
0: Uh in in the article they do comment about historic suspensions and stuff when they they say quote when we first introduced the mechanism in December we emphasized the limited time nature of suspension by linking by linking it to the periodic availability of historic rank but now that historic rank is always available that no longer works as a good boundary marker. Despite that, we will be adhering to the general timeline it imposed, and any suspension will be resolved via unsuspending or banning the affected cards within roughly a, the same two to three month time span. Yeah. O- honestly, uh, just, just, when I think they should just be banning cards and stuff instead of having a suspension period. But I'm not wizards. So the other one to quickly gloss over here, Expedition Map and Mystic Sanctuary and Popper. Do you guys play Popper at all? Nope. nope. Good, neither do I. Which is unfortunate. But listening to the clamorings and stuff all throughout today, apparently Tron in Popper was pretty consistent. So it sounded like Expedition Map was a right call. And for sure, Mystic Sanctuary was a right call, because not only has that been talked about in Pioneer, but it's also been talked about in Modern as as a potential target. Yup. But with, with Popper, I don't know. I don't got much to say on that. It's like Tron getting weakened. And I know it's not the same play as... Modern Tron, and they're not ramping into some ridiculous seven power thing on turn three. They're kind of more that mid range style deck. In uh, in Popper, but
1: so I don't know. I say for all things Popper, go to the professor.
0: Professor does have a lot of good Popper knowledge. That's that's seems to be like his format of preference. He loves Popper. Do you want to talk about Pioneer or Modern next? <laughs>
1: oh, good Lord. How long do you want to leave the elephant in the room?
0: Mm, which elephant? I think they're both elephants, man. <laughs> the pink one or the purple one? You pick. I think it would be easier to clear out Modern before we talk about Pioneer because Pioneer just having the unbanning, it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a feel bad right there.
0: Right. So let's talk about that modern baton of Arkham's Astrolabe.
1: Yeah, it's not cool. I've got stock in that.
0: Yeah, not
1: I work two decks.
0: Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hear about JB's stock in that hopefully within the next couple of weeks here. <laughs> but Arkham's Astrolabe definitely made sense in the article that they posted, saying that with some variants, quote. With some variants approaching 55% percent non mere match wins that multi-decks using Arkham's Astrolabe Incorporated, decks that reach that 55% win rate, always, always Wizards, is, is they got their eyes on that stuff. When they dance around the 50%, that's where they want it. 55%, they're like, no, we can't. We can't allow this. And the fact of always making such good mana, and not being affected by extreme taxing stuff like blood moons—that was always the argument for the longest time. They do comment at the end of the article that quote. We're keeping an eye on Arkham's Astrolabe and Legacy for similar reasons, although at present the play rates and win rates of Astrolabe decks don't warrant action. We're aware of concerns among the Legacy community on the point, but we want to consistent, be consistent with our philosophy of only resorting to bans when a card or deck reaches par- problematic win rates that can't be solved by natural metagame forces. So it seems like their information for Legacy, I, th- this is leaving a little off of modern. Like, we can all agree Arkham's Astrolabe modern seem pretty good. The Snow Decks loved Arkham's Astrolabe, casting Ice Fane, Quaddles, and Uros, and any of that kind of stuff. It was just like super, super potent. The fact that it can trips and makes perfect mana, there's not much to argue on that. So, Wizard's information on Legacy is showing that. Dex and Legacy are not as problematic having Arkham's Astrolabe in them. But I do feel since they commented on it, I mean clearly they're keeping an eye on it, we might hear something within the next three to six months about Arkham's Astrolabe and Legacy. especially. See, with- and
1: I've talked to a lot of people and they like it should have gone in Legacy before Modern.
0: So, JB, you're uh, you're actually delving into Legacy a little bit more. How often do you play against a Astrolabe-style deck?
1: I haven't been playing long enough. I can't properly answer that question.
0: Mm, fair.
1: It's only been like two days.
0: <laughs> no, it has not.
1: Yeah, it has. It really has. It's only been like two days.
0: Oh, shit. Shows how much I pay attention. Yeah. From that awkwardness, let's just let's talk about the, the, the purple <laughs> elephant in the room then. <laughs> just rip the band-aid off. <laughs> Throw me under the bus. Jeez. JB, you're supposed to know you're the competitive player of this group.
1: I know, right? <laughs> the boggle spike.
0: Now let's talk about this pioneer unban and no ban. <laughs> You mean the
1: dumbest thing that Watsi's ever done?
0: I wouldn't say the dumbest. It's. it's hmm. I was listening to the bandwagon that LSV and Matt Nash uh, released this morning after the Bandit Restricted announcement. And we they were talking about how, yeah, the percentage of Inverter Deck the the win rate of inverter decks is probably down, but they don't they're not looking at the full uh scope of it. Well, they're looking at the full scope of it. They're not honing in on the right part. I'm paraphrasing and stuff here, like I'm trying to remember. Um what they were talking about is inverter decks reward the top player who knows how to play a deck, the more skillful player. And then there's a bunch of people that are just picking up Inverter because it's like, well, clearly this is the deck that I need to be playing. And if they play it and they don't know what to do, it's it's a very skill-intensive deck. And they don't know what to do, that drops the win percentage of the overall Inverter deck. But then you got pro players playing Inverter very successfully. And it's... yeah. It's one of those weird balance things that WotC seems to not fully delve in. And the fact that they just unban Oath of Nyssa as as to try and see how that combats it. I don't know how that's actually going to turn out. Right? So what they're saying here is like, let's uh, give green ramp decks or any green X Decks of any sort, some sort of advantage. Like, does this mean that teamer planeswalkers or bant planeswalkers are going to maybe move up and hopefully that's what they're hoping to counter inverter decks? Like,
1: I saw somebody make a joke post earlier today saying that there's just going to be a shit ton of salt eye inverter now.
0: I mean, I don't feel like they're wrong with that. Oh my god. Saltai Inverter. Because that'll be super important for for casting chase being uh, triple blue in the cost. You don't need triple blue anymore if you got Oath of Nyssa.
1: You also don't need triple blue if you only get double blue for Thassa's Oracle.
0: I mean, yeah, that's fair. So Wizards say in their article that, quote, We are otherwise generally happy with the shape of the metagame in Pioneer, with most, with most of the decks each having strengths and weaknesses against each other. We are keeping an eye on the populations of combo decks in the environment, although the perception that combo decks have dominant win rates isn't backed up by Magic Online play data. And that's the, I call it bullshit. Yeah, that's that thing where it's like people who are learning the deck. I definitely, I definitely understand where. Again, I'm going off the, the bandwagon of LSV and Matt Nash, how they're talking. You know, like it's a very skill intensive deck and rewards those that know the intricacies of the deck, as compared to new people who are picking up the deck because they hear that it's the best deck to play. When you got a new person that's learning these trying to learn these combos and stuff, they will clearly make misplays and stuff. And that will drop the overall win percentage down to where Watsy finds it good. But when the skill the skillful players know how to play it, that's when it just Yeah, it's 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 rough it's rough things to to to, to, to try and think about. Like everybody's like Inverter is gonna get hit somehow, whether it be inverter or dig through time. But even if they hit dig through time, it's like they got treasure cruise as another option. It's not as good as dig through time, but would that would that help it?
1: I mean, if anything, they should have fucking with these unbands, They should have unbanned like leyline of abundance and stuff like that, along with of Nyssa. not just of Nissa.
0: Do you think? Leyline of Abundance being unbanned would be making the green ramp decks a strong competitor against it? Against Inverter decks, specifically, then? I mean, why not?
1: In my opinion, Pioneer needs a hard reset. I think they need to just fucking wipe everything off the ban list, start over again.
0: Yeah, that's something... Yeah, I don't think that's something that Wasi will ever do. But... Like,
2: Go should never be unbanned in any format.
1: So, well, But he's a 3CMC Planeswalker. They've just printed now a couple copies of um, cards that remove 3CMC or less Planeswalkers, too.
0: They've had things that remove Planeswalkers for a while. You can't forget the Elder spell. The fact that black decks have not been running the Elder spell... <laughs> It doesn't say that eliminate. Well, eliminate's a little more flexible because not only does it hit planeswalkers, but it hits creatures as well.
1: But no, Pioneer's in such a bad place. It's so stale right now that I think that's probably the only way to fix it right now. It's just fuck, start over, scratch.
0: Yeah, if, uh, if y'all out there remember from last week's episode, the weekend two weeks ago, the Pioneer Challenge didn't fire off. And I know a couple of the groups that I'm in as well, they're talking about pioneers. like, well, clearly I'm now, they're they're saying is I'm not into Pioneer as much now because Inverter didn't get hit. So it's, people are now going to be moving away a little further from Pioneer. And I don't feel that's going to be helping at all. But let's talk about some of the week before we're just all gummed up in the B&R now. Yeah, moving along from that long topic. <laughs> side note, side note. Kidneys are worth a million dollars. You could buy a couple play sets of or you could buy a couple uh sets of power nine from your kidney. Holy shit, kidneys have gone up in price then. Livers the next at five hundred and fifty seven thou. Did you really just fucking Google this? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> know the guy who knows a guy who happens to know a guy.
0: Well, yeah, he, 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 for one of them. he's from the res, man. I, That's true. I, I do know a guy.
2: This week's blog time of the week comes from Jillicass87. They ask Ness has been revealed, or I guess they state. Ness has been revealed to be a green planeswalker with access to blue. If she had a third color, do you think it would be white? As she cares about her race and seems to put focus on its greater good. Or red. She has a temper, I think. Mark replies back, Or black. Learn more from her earlier appearances. Is this a confirmation of what we released last week of her being a green-black planeswalker in Zendikar Rising?
0: It's 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 really tough to tell, but I would not like when I first saw this. That was one of the first things I thought. I'm like, like Mark Rosewater definitely is along the lines of Nyssa having. having black as well and with 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 last week's how we were talking about uh anissa got leaked by the same person who leaked some core 20 or aquaria stuff Mm -hmm. does this have does this like support the fact for sure and we toss the question out there to you good listeners So
2: moving away from blog time of the week, we go t- back to JB.
1: All right. So first quickie on the docket today, we have M at home. Is any play counts? So you can literally play anything. Nice. You Here
2: comes to Stark ranked.
1: Or you can just be like me and not play, you know, arena anymore. I suppose it's boring and as always just make sure you send in your completed pictures or info whatever you decide to play to your lgs to make sure it gets counted
0: then jumpstart releases this friday so all those excited for this set i know i am if you haven't placed Pre-orders, I guess. I don't know if you'd really want to be placing pre-orders, though. That's a that's a whole different thing. But that's coming uh, out. Uh, be excited.
1: The price is like doubled on them, so be careful if you look in look in the pre-order already. I've seen boxes going for like two hundred plus. Well, I mean, look at how many of the mythics and shit that are in coming out of that set that are upwards of 60-70 dollars.
0: Allosaurus yep. rider fucking tiny bones fucking crater Hoof behemoth and unicorn i think is above 50 bucks and there's like another one
1: fucking Allosaurus shepherd at one point was 120 bucks
0: yeah those pretty fucking sale prices are so stupid
1: fucking i tell you what though i wouldn't mind a couple copies of tiny bones make the oh. legacy a thing
2: okay Next on our news quickies, Dragon Shield announced on their Twitter, they sent out a tweet, ever dream of playing cards on the go? Playing cards on the back of a dragon, or if you tra- travel like a lesser mortal, on a plane or on the back seat of a car? Soon, the world will be at your feet. Stay tuned for more about Nomad.
1: Magnetic card sleeves. Are they going to do a Yu-Gi-Oh? No, we're not going to. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't go there. Don't. Don't you bring us down to their level.
2: Just saying. Is that what they're going to do?
1: Careful. You're going to activate my trap card, damn it. <clears throat> okay, so next step on our quickies. Historic Arena Open is coming back. August 1st. 2020 starts at 8 a.m. Try to win up to two grand. Should be the same entry cost as last time. What was it? Like 2000 gems and 20, 25,000 gold or something like that. 20,000 gold.
0: 20, I believe. Yeah. 20 K gold. It's about 20 bucks for each entry. Same thing applies. You get unlimited, unlimited entries first day. Well, uh, Every time you lose, you got uh, a seven-two. You make it into day two, but as soon as you get your third loss, then you got to rebuy in, and each buy-in is twenty bucks.
1: Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. Try and I, win the big money.
2: I entered the last one with Monty Python's. It didn't work out. <laughs> I got wrecked.
1: Hey, don't feel bad. I've been trying to play in the Man Trader series, and I've just been getting wrecked too.
0: Next, we have Mark Rosewater announcing on Twitter, quote, I'm excited to announce that I'll be doing a magic panel for Comic-Con at home 12 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday, July 25th. It will be the first look at hashtag MTGZendikar. So, Comic-Con, typically where they drop a bunch of cool stuff Wizards does, like the uh, San Diego Comic-Con Planeswalker uh, bundle, and stuff like that, but they're going to be talking about Zendikar. I imagine there's going to be products and stuff released at that time as well. But Mark Rosewater going to be talking about Zendikar for us. Get hyped! Uh, get hyped! Yeah, and this Comic Con
2: is going to be free for everyone. Right, you just live go, on, stream. go online, live stream it. So moving along now into our in-depth topics. This is. More of a blog a but a series of blog that follow each other. Strax asked, Could you give a legendary land basic land cycling to help negate the mana screw? Mark replies back, Even better, we can take off legendary with a smiley face at the end.
1: Oh, shit.
2: So this one's, again, like I said, there are a couple different blog talks that are piggybacking off each other. This one comes off a few days later from Abel Zumi asks, Personally, I think the flavor of Legendary Lands is fantastic. People often have associations with fantasy lo- location or locals, such as Mount Doom or the Fortress of Solitude. Could they be one of our one offs for world building since they can expand so much of a set's feeling? Mark replies back. That's why I want to draw back off of the legendary super type so we can do stuff like legendary lands as a regular thing. We do do them on rare, rare occasions. And the last one. The piggybacks off all of them. Strax asks again, "Can you elaborate as to why you don't like Legendary Lands?" Mark replies easily or simply with, "They lead to mana screw." Which they do.
0: Yeah, nothing feels as worse as having to nick those Shrine to Nicks in hand, (laughs) and it's like, "I gotta." I got a sack one doesn't doesn't work as well.
1: But could you imagine how busted that would be being able to have two or three out on the field?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that that's the thing. There's there's trying to find that balance for sure. For, especially with something the power level of Nick to those Shrine to Nicks. Yeah. I don't think they're going to errata Legendary, but maybe for lands specifically, they're gonna try a new a new thing. So that way you can have multiple lands out. The way that this sounds and Yeah.
1: Who knows? They might be crazy enough to do that. There's been a lot of stuff that Watsy's done that has been like, What the hell? So it would just be par for the course, especially in twenty twenty.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, it we'll would be.
0: I mean, fair enough for sure. <laughs> But yeah, at this point we definitely should not try we shouldn't be surprised by anything that Watsi tries to do. But changing getting getting some sort of new land legendary rule maybe is something that's getting getting worked on in the works, especially with something like Zendikar coming out where lands matter and there's definitely a lot of famous locations in Zendikar maybe mm-hmm. that's where we're going to see some of this maybe implemented and stuff. Not positive. We got to wait and find out, but it kind of makes sense to try and see if something like that happens there. Maybe we'll find out more during the Sandy uh, the the Comic-Con at home uh panel that Mark is is having.
1: I don't care about that. I just want Double Masters previews. Ah. Uh,
0: uh, double Masters. Yeah, we need the Double Masters now.
1: And I need someone to buy my truck so I can buy a box of Double Masters.
0: Anybody up in the FM area looking for an old beat-up fucking Chevy? Hey, it's not that beat-up. It's just rusty. Pitch it. Pitch it the best way you can, then. That's right, you can't. <laughs> just
1: put this way I'd be willing to trade for magic cards
0: see if Josh wants to get it and you can get that d deck from him and be like do you, do you want to pick up
1: 800 bucks man that's what I gotta got come up with if
0: I want it D&T or your truck D&T is your truck worth 800 bucks
1: yeah Hit fuck up. it it, it, Kelly Blue Book is two grand.
0: Hit up Josh. In, in, in complete shit shape. Hit up hit up Josh. Be like Do you want do you want to <laughs> pick up
1: I'll tra- I'll store
0: pickup, to- there you go. I trade you to pick up for D and T and then plus a couple other things.
1: There you go. It'll be a store <laughs> pickup. 800. Slap advertising across it. <laughs> The J-Dub Mobile. All right, so it looks like there's a new card grading company on the horizon here. CGC launches a new trading card division. So CGC started off in comic books all the way back in 2000. They were grading comic books and all that stuff. They notice that the trading card market's been going up prices have been going up so they're like hey let's get a hand in this and they seem to be a pretty reputable source so this now brings some new options here for uh, all your grading needs
0: give you options so that way you don't have to go with strictly Beckett or oh, P- PSA
1: you something like that Yep, yeah. it's, it's easy to submit Simply become a CGC member at cgccards.com slash join. Memberships start at just $25 a year. Complete the online submission form. Send your cards in. Submissions will also be accepted at conventions around the country.
0: When those open up again.
1: Yeah. Turnaround times are expected to be faster in industry norms ranging from 30 working days for the lowest grading tier to just two working days for the highest grading tier.
0: Holy crap. I've never had to deal with grading services at all because my cards are not (laughs) are grade worthy at all. No, neither are mine. Right, so that turnover rate seems kind of okay, especially for higher end cards, like two days. I don't know what Beckett or PSA does, but I imagine this is probably going to give them them a run for their money, that they're now going to be like, now there's a third big reputable name in grading services that we're going to have to try and accommodate and meet up with something like that. According to Google, it takes PSA five to six months to get a card graded with no guarantee of what exactly PSA will designate it the bird in hand gains a lot of value. I don't know what the bird in hand means. That must be like some fucking lingo and shit for them. So that's a huge incentive to already that's already processed when people are starting down low queues at the PSA range. So if they do have a turnover rate that high, PSA is definitely going to have to be making some changes to their their policies and stuff, and how fast they can turn around cards for grading as well.
1: Yeah, and it looks like they're currently accepting uh, Pokemon TCG cards and Magic the Gathering cards. So on additional services for trading card collectors, including the popular CGC Signature Series for Witness Signatures will be announced soon. Looks like all their information will be on CGCcards.com.
0: So yeah, for all of Check our, it out yeah, for all of our listeners that have cards that are probably worth grading, links in the description below.
1: Yeah, no, that's not me. I feel Hell, right. I buy the freaking heavily played and damaged cards because I don't give a shit.
0: Right? They're still they're still readable and they're still playable. Exactly from there let's talk about wizards announcing that in store play suspensions has been temporarily reinstated in the US Ooh. so the suspension is temporary but will last through Zenikar Rising pre-release where they will reevaluate at that time for everything due to the coronavirus still going on. They don't want people to be collectively gathering in large groups and stuff for any in-store events. This is not saying, though, that all events that your LGS can do will be delayed or will be held or suspended. Uh, They can still do their non-sanctioned events, like if there's a non-sanctioned league that your uh, local LGS does, that will be all fine and dandy. But there will be no form of pre-release or events like that that are WPN certified. They do uh, quotes here from their article on their w- WPN website, Until then, we support remote play. We recommend WPN members host remote events, whether via Magic Arena, online, or webcam. They can be organized through a combination of Discord, find simple instructions here where they have a link, or Wizards event link, and another link in there. They do plan to update on a monthly basis, starting in September, when Zendikar is coming close. Uh, The first update will be Wednesday, September 9th, with the... Pre-release taking place September eighteenth, so we'll see how that all turns out.
1: I just want to play Magic. Well, That's we all s- I. Care
0: about. we still can.
1: I know, but it's just it's it's not the same.
0: You gotta try some spell table magic here. That's a pretty fun way to play. Yeah, but from there, let's jump into the finance section.
1: Cha-ching!
0: before we jump into the finance section with mtg stocks and all that i want to mention here that last week saffron olive released his article talking about the ev of core 2021 it's a very solid read for all those interested in the core 21 uh, estimated values links in the description down below but let's talk about some magic Card prices. <laughs> As always, we go off of MTG Stocks weekly article called the Weekly Winners, where they highlight three to five cards that have seen noticeable increase in prices, and three to five cards that have seen uh, significant decreases in prices for their cheap pickup section. First off, we have. Honden of the Seeing Winds. Which is now a $4.50 card. This card not that long ago was only a quarter, 50 cents. You could find these for Honden of the Seeing Winds is a blue four Legendary Enchantment Shrine that reads at the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card for each shrine you control. This thing has seen ridiculous price spikes. 200% uh, is what they're saying. Yeah, because Core 21, when shrines the... What's that big shrine called?
1: Sanctum of All, I think.
0: Sanctum of All. When they released uh, Sanctum of All... uh, commander players specifically. like This is all predicated on uh, EDH play specifically. Uh, They are the ones that are moving the prices on this because a five color Sanctum of All deck, EDH players love crazy janky things like that. And because of that, this thing is now over $4. So if you got them in your collections... Maybe now is the time to pull them out and trade them into TCG Player or Card Kingdom or your local L- LGS. Little side note, the other day I was going, before this before this uh, jumped up in price, when it was about a buck, yeah, July 2nd, I was looking and I found a bunch of Honden of the Seeing Winds at uh, J-Dubs there. And I'm like, is this going to go up in price? I'm like, nah, I'll just leave them there. So, there's probably easily like twenty fucking Hondans of the seeing wins at uh J-Dubs right now. go buy em up. I might have to at this this point. <laughs> Next we have Splinter twin, which has seen a ninety two percent increase. this card is now at twenty one dollars and this is definitely changed since friday uh, because that's the thing Uh, this article is brought out on friday we read it monday this one i can't imagine is going to be sticking around at that 20 dollars range for too long and actually as of today the market price is about 13 bucks for it so it has decreased but this one moved up in price due to the fact of the bnr announcements today And people were expecting, or hoping, praying, that Splinter Twin was going to get unbanned. Splinter Twin is an enchantment aura for Red Red 2 that reads Enchant Creature. Enchanted Creature has tap. Put a token that's a copy of this creature onto the battlefield. That token has haste. Exile it at the beginning of the next end step. So this is an turn 4 infinite combo with things like deceiver exarch or pestermite and people were clamoring that this could be unbanned today in modern due to the fact that modern would probably appreciate having another infinite man or an uh, infinite combo check on these more relevant titan decks snow decks well, now snow decks have been completely nerfed nerf because of the today's banning. But we'll see how that goes, since Splinter Twin is now still banned. One thing with this is, I'm actually expecting is the Splinter Twin is going to be riding the stoneforge mystic pattern where every time there's a bnr announcement this is probably going to move up in price and then when it doesn't get unbanned it's going to drop back down so those of you looking for this get ready to pick him up within the next like five to six days lastly on the weekly winners we have sarah's sanctum this is a reserved list card that has seen a 13% increase now sitting at $190. Satum is a legendary land that taps adds white to your mana pool for each enchantment you control. This one's getting mentioned here because it's nearing its all-time record high, which was $199, and this has seen a significant uptrend in the past sec- 7 weeks because not too long ago, beginning of July, it was 150 bucks, and moving up to 194 bucks in two weeks, 40 dollars in two weeks, is a significant increase that gets the attention of MTG stocks to want to write an article about it. the The fact that a, reserve list card is moving up in price is something that you gotta kind of pay attention to, especially with the overall inflation of the market, the MTG market right now. Because all cards are moving up in price. Because things are slower, slow down in trade and not as fluid. Like cards aren't coming into the market and leaving the market as fast as they would if events and stuff were open enough. So this one's made, made it on due to that fact. It's just something to keep an eye out for. And keep an eye out on any reserve list card. Because those are definitely going to be moving up in price. If I remember right, there was a Arabian Knight card that actually seen a really high increase, a really high spike. I think that's more of a speculative buyout. It's a white 121 pro red. Uh this one is Repentant Blacksmith. Uh specifically the Arabian Knights version is the one that has really spiked on this buyout. And it's not even a reserve list card, so just things to keep an eye out for. But that closes out the weekly winners. Let's talk about some cheap pickups.
1: Oh yeah, all the fun stuff. First up, we have Fabled Passage, Throneville Drain Printing, sitting at $9.35, record low and trending down. Next up, we have Cruel Bargain from Original Port- Portal Portal Kingdoms. Portal Kingdoms, okay. Sitting at $7.26, record low and trending down. Or three black. You draw four cards, lose half your life, round it up. Seems like a pretty, pretty sweet card. I like the art. Pretty cool art and then last but not least our good friend true name nemesis feel like he's been on here a couple times already sitting at $8 record low and
0: trending down with true name like this is a legacy murfolk card right i think so and, yeah it's primarily in Merfolk style decks, but then there's also a couple is it Delver that run it and Blade Control specifically and Grixis Well Grixis Delver is a Delver deck. So is it Delver, Grixis Delver, but then Merfolk. Uh both copies of these are pretty cheap right now. So the C thirteen is uh eight dollars full well, market. Market price is just under six bucks. The Battle Bond reprint is at that $5.50 range. So if you're into Legacy Merfolk or looking for Legacy Delver, and this is one of those cards that you want to get in there, keep an eye out on this card. If you don't want to spend 5 bucks, maybe what you can do is add this card to your TCG Sniper account and get them at a cheaper price. What you do with TCG Sniper is you take the card from TCG Player that you want, add the link into TCG Sniper, and set a desired price. So for something like True Name Nemesis, it's like, I don't want to pay 550 for this card. I want to wait till it gets to 4 You enter in $4. You'll get a notification when that card makes it to $4. Then you go click the link, purchase the card for the desired price, and you're a happy magic player. But that closes out the finance section. Let's talk about deck of the week here. And the deck of the week here is a deck I think would be up Danny's alley probably. I mean, JB would also like this. I mean, we all clearly like this kind of a style of a deck.
1: Doesn't have Etherbio. <laughs> this is doesn't have doesn't
0: have white. Okay, maybe I was wrong with JB. Danny. Danny and I. We feel on this one. Do we, Danny? Yeah, I can get down with this deck. Boom.
1: If it wasn't for the red, I'd be okay with it.
2: We gotta have red. Gotta have that beat your face.
1: No. No No red. No.
0: This is straightforward. Beat your face. Yeah, you can't go wrong with something like this. So, let's stop beating around the bush and tell you about this deck. It is a Terror Combo gruel Stompy deck submitted by Lupus90 on MTG Goldfish. We will talk about the combo with this deck that makes this deck a deck. And that is uh, two cards specifically, but a third card that'll make it uh, as much as you want it. The first card is Terror of the Peaks, a new card from Core 21, Red Red 3, 5-4 Dragon Flying. Spells your opponent's cast at target Terror of the Peaks cost an additional 3 life to cast. And then it has, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Terror of the Peaks deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. It's War Storm Surge on a creature. On a 5-4 flyer. So now you're probably asking, what's the combo here? Well, the combo is with a creature called Spore Web Weaver, also printed in Core 21, which is a green 2-1-4 spider with reach and hex proof from blue. When Spore Web Weaver is dealt damage, you gain one life and create a 1-1 one, one green sapling creature token. It just dawned on me right now, a pioneer deck just having an aether or, uh, aetherflux reservoir would also be super good with this. You go, Matt. Make it, make it happen. I might have to. So the thing what you're supposed to do is when another creature enters the battlefield, uh, sp- hopefully a one-one or one-x of any sorts. You're going to have it deal 1 damage to Spore Web Weaver from the trigger off a of Terror of the Peaks, and then you make yourself a spider, or a Green Saperling creature token, and you gain a life. Now, how this goes infinite is if you cast a card that got reprinted in Core 21 called Heroic Intervention. Green 1 instant, permanence you control, gain Hexproof and Indestructible till end of turn. So if you're able to... Have tear the peaks out, spore weaver web, spore web weaver, and cast heroic intervention. You're going to be making infinite tokens, gaining infinite life with this deck. And the premise of it is just to like ramp into it as best you can. You have two uh, a playset of paradise druid, three beanstalk, beanstalk giants couple good solid beaters if you can't get your uh sport web weaver tear of the peaks combo out you got questing beast classic beat down card that mm-hmm. makes any planeswalker style deck super sad teferi cries at this card a new card from core 21 as well they got added in here that's in here is rada heart of keld it's green red one for a three three legendary elf warrior As long as it's your turn, Rada has First Strike, you may look at the top card of your library, and you may play lands from the top of your library. So this helps smooth out your land plays as well. Uh, It doesn't allow you to play an additional land, unfortunately, but being able to pick off lands from the top of your library so that way you can draw into actual gas or get closer to your uh, Weaver-Terror combo here is definitely important. It's also running a playset of Bone Crusher Giant and Clothis. Uh, Bone Crusher, just solid removal, big body creature to help prolong the game in your favor. Clothis, the same thing. You're eating away graveyards and stopping things from like Uro, Croxa, or anything from the Rakdos Sacrifice deck from getting uh, able to come back with not Corpse Churn, Call of the Death Dweller that returns creatures from the graveyard. You're able to pick those things out so that way they can't bring them back. With this deck, since Ravnica is still in standard, my thought with this is adding a playset of Hymn of the Wilds, which is a three-mana enchantment that gives all your creatures riot. So what you could do is then when those sapperlings enter the battlefield, you give them all haste. You make infinite hasty uh, sapperlings. You just take out your opponent that turn. As we're trying to end the combo with terror of the peaks, you get just poke them for one damage to stop the combo.
2: Or end the combo with having two of terror of the peaks out. Yeah.
0: And damage to your opponent
2: because they both trigger.
0: Yep. Yeah, having two Tear of the Peaks, another thing. That just As soon as you do that, your opponent doesn't stand a chance.
2: Nope.
0: Nah, this deck is super solid. I like it a lot. And it is playable on Arena. Um, the big thing is this costs a lot of Mythic Wild cards to get. And a lot of rares. Rare wild cards if you don't have them already. Yeah, because almost everything is rare, mythic. There's a few uncommons, like Paradise Druid is an uncommon beanstalk Beanstalk giant. giant. Yep. And Domery's Ambush, which is a sorcery sorcery that we didn't talk about. It is green-red sorcery. Put a plus-one counter on a target creature you control, then that creature deals damage equal to its power to target... Creature, or Planeswalker you don't control. So a fight effect. <sighs> and that's, this is probably one of the cards that are cut out for Him of the Wilds to try and give your Safferlings haste as another way to instantly finish the game. Be a good addition. I mean, I think it would be. Something to test out. I got to build up some wild cards and maybe actually I'll put this deck together. I got, I, I've I been adding a couple decks and stuff to my collection that I'm able to on Arena because if they look fun, it's like, I'll use my cards to make this. This one might actually be one. It's going to take a bit. I don't have a lot of rare wild cards left. I got none at all right now. So, building up yeah, to make these make ones. Yeah, it's
2: a pretty expensive deck to build on Arena.
0: Yep. But, I think, that, I think that ends our deck of the week there. Don't you say it, Annie? Yeah, I think so. I think it does. Oh, man. Well, thank you all to have, who have made it to the end of the episode. You are truly amazing and epic for listening to the end and listening through the whole thing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, where we're trying to post more frequently. Also, get links to the Discord where we... Yeah, we're, we're pretty active in the Discord right now. We're always talking about things.
1: Trying to be anyway.
0: JB at least daily has a question in the Magic Discussion channel where he just wants to get people's opinions on things going on in Magic. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or feedback of any sorts, shoot us an email at this at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. I guess maybe we can start saying leave a review if you want. Uh, And then also, podcasts are up every Tuesday night now. Finally. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) Depends on how
1: fast Matt decides to uh, edit them.
0: Yep. Yeah. uh, If you all remember from last week, I said I was buying a house and there's some stuff that's going on that delays some time, but pretty good at getting them out on Tuesday nights. Uh, hold hold me to that. No, oh, we will. Good. You all have anything else you want to say to the audience out there?
1: Nope.
2: Nope, but uh, just thanks for listening. Thanks for always being here every Tuesday. And hope to catch you next week. We will catch you guys later. Bye. See ya.